Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Seven. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And also brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we hear about a slow start to the grain shipping season starting August 1st and the possibility of problems later this fall. Today we also have AGT Foods of Regina reaching an agreement with a crop development company in the United States to expand sales of pea protein. APAS has a new CEO. Avian flu has been found in another flock in Saskatchewan, and we have the latest cattle market update. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the app.com. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. A slow start to the grain shipping season is making things easy for the railways right now, but there could be much bigger issues down the road. During the first four weeks of 2022-23 crop year, CN and CP Rail have had good performance, well above 90% for rail car orders. However, that's based on lower volumes due to a later start to the harvest in many parts of the prairies. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting. He monitors railway performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of grain companies and producer organizations. You know, through the first four weeks, CN is actually still quite a ways behind last year, uh, 45% or so, and well behind 2020-21, more than 60% off that pace through the first four weeks. CP faring a little bit better so far. They're actually tracking slightly ahead of last year, about 7%, but they too are well off the pace that they had set in the early part of 2020-21, about 52% off that. So while everyone pretty much thought that it would be a slow start, I'm not sure people were thinking that it would be this slow. Poirier says the busiest time for shipping grain is October, November and January, which means CN and CP Rail will have to move more grain during a shorter period. That's the concern, is that you are now going to have a compressed shipping season. So I think because the market is what is going to drive shipper behavior, they're still going to look to sell and move a significant percentage of the grain in the traditional peak season. So if we're lagging heading into the peak season, it's going to make the peak higher than you know the traditional peak. So if you want to think of it in terms as a bubble, that's not an inaccurate way to, to look at it. But what it's going to do 
is it's going to put significant pressure on the railways because demand on a weekly basis is going to get large. And as always, we'll be concentrated in the same quarters, Prince Rupert, Vancouver, Thunder Bay. The question is how CN and CP Rail will be able to handle that extra workload in the coming weeks. Well, the railways say that, you know, they've planned and they have capacity to move 30 odd million or 35 million tons of grain apiece. But you look against what their quote unquote capacity allocation is for supplying hopper cars to the industry. It's very much like it has been in recent years. CN in that 5,500 to 6,000 car range as best we can figure out from the numbers they put in their grain plan and CP, uh, right around 6,000 cars a week. So, you know, if their expectation was to be moving 6,000 cars a week starting at the end of August or in the first part of September, and those volumes don't show up until the middle part of October, which could very well be the case at the rate we're going, then you're basically gonna be trying to squeeze a whole bunch more cars into a shorter window. And that's not likely to work well for the railways. If that comes to pass, my expectation is that we're going to see the system bogged down. Order fulfillment performance is probably going to suffer, which means that cars won't move in as timely a manner as as the industry is looking for them to move. Then there's the unknown, and topping the list is winter weather. So the question is, will it come sooner, later? How severe will it be? How long will the severe portion of winter last? All of those things combined are just going to add to the pressure of a compressed shipping season if we have a a late harvest. So we'll see, but uh, I think there is, given the numbers we've seen so far, some legitimate cause for concern on the industry side as we head into the fall season. I think we'll get a better view of that, you know, I'm going to say over the next four weeks probably. But right now, I wouldn't be relaxing if I was them, put it that way. Milt Poyer is with QGI Consulting, which monitors rail performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of grain companies and producer organizations. His comments come from the Grain by Train podcast, produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. And GM. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. AGT Foods of Regina has reached a partnership agreement with U.S.-based Equinom to expand development of new high-protein yellow pea varieties. Equinom develops new pea crop varieties and AGT will use its pulse processing facilities to expand its ingredient portfolio. AGT President Murad Al-Khatib says there are great opportunities to create new and innovative plant-based protein products using the ultra-high protein yellow pea varieties from Equinom. He says the pea protein will expand the non-GMO, gluten-free and hypoallergenic plant-based protein concentrates, flowers and starches from pulses. He says the new varieties offer reduced sodium and increased fiber with reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, water and energy use. Saskatchewan's General Farm Group has a new executive director. APAS has hired Dion McGrath to replace APAS General Manager Dwayne Hav, who retired in late August. 
McGrath grew up on a mixed grain and hog farm near Leroy and has had executive roles in the public sector and previous served as CEO of Southeast College in Weyburn and worked with his partner to create a digital marketing company called Above the Fold. McGrath says farm policy is dynamic and affects everyday life across the province in economic, social and environmental ways. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Okay, let's talk about supply chain as it applies to crop protection manufacturers. Joining us right now is Corny Thiessen. He's general manager of Adama Canada. Corny, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Sean. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So, Corny, I, I guess, I, I guess, let's get to the the heart of the matter here. Is the supply chain crisis over when it comes to having to be fearful of shortages and tightness and hey, you better order now because you may not be able to get it? Kind of messaging is that? Are, are we past that for 2023, or am I just a little bit too hopeful? That might be a bit optimistic. Um, and as I reflect on this past year, it, it really was challenging, um, both in terms of there was material shortages and delays and then uh, some price spikes uh, as well. And in some regards, we kind of got through it as an industry because of a, a couple of things. One was really a tradi- terrific performance by wholesalers and distributions to move around product uh, and, and get it to the market really quickly. There was also a lot of creativity by local retailers and farmers to uh, meet the agronomic needs in a, maybe a different way than initially planned. And then we were also a little bit lucky there with the late spring in the eastern prairies, kind of taking some of that pressure off and giving a little bit more time for product to uh, get on the right side of the ocean. Um, but as I reflect on that and you say, if, if we compare where we are today, where we were 12 months ago in terms of some of the fundamentals that will drive uh, the supply chain dynamics this next year, there's not a lot that's changed. There's still going to be strong crop demand or crop protection demand, and that's driven by crop prices are as high or higher than they were 12 months ago, and that will incentivize intensification and acres coming online globally. And then from a supply standpoint, we still have the same logistics challenges we did a year ago. Ocean freight is still expensive and unreliable. North America ports are still congested and still facing labor unrest, including potential strike with some railways uh, in the U.S. uh, emerging right now. Fuel is quite a bit higher and labor is quite a bit more expensive than it was a year ago due to some of the inflationary pressures. And then certainly anything that's coming out of Europe is challenged now because of the uh, the low river levels, making it difficult to get stuff from in inland to uh, ocean ports. And certainly land transportation is still challenged uh, with uh, diesel prices and lack of drivers. So if you look at the major producing uh, regions, we have... Uh, uh, you know, China is still a little bit sputtering because of some of the ongoing, uh, you know, efforts to limit COVID spread there, which is still leading to some shutdowns. And then also some uh, disruption to uh, plant capacity due to uh, energy limitations, particularly as a result of the high temperatures they've faced in the last couple of months. Uh, 
And then certainly um, the European Union is a, is a really important producer of crop protection products. And they're going to be faced with some significant challenges here, as everybody's aware of, due to the uh, really high cost of energy and the potential uh, lack of supply of that energy to, uh, to run the plants. And that's kind of a new challenge versus where we were this time last year. So still quite a lot of the underlying challenges persist. Um, and that, that means that the, uh, the outlook hasn't materially improved from my perspective. Okay. Uh, are, are there changes? And I, I, I know it's, I, and I appreciate that summary because I think it provided a good broad overview of some of the constraints and barriers and issues that uh, it's not just one thing <laughs> that uh, the industry is dealing with. Are, are there changes that have been made in, in the last, you know, 12, 18 months, like from uh, lessons learned, like we may not see those changes take effect till, Maybe 2024, 25, because is it you know is it is it more domestic pr- uh, uh, manufacturing? Is it uh, diversifying suppliers of things like actives? Are, are those sorts of things happening in the sector? I think they are, um, and, and what you've hit on is is really the, uh, the the right strategy that I think most industries are pursuing in the uh, persistence of the challenges with supply chains, and that's you know shorten, localize. And diversify. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.ca. It's your agro weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, 60% chance of showers, wind southeast 30 gusting to 50, the high 14, the low 9. For Thursday, mainly cloudy tomorrow, the high 16, the low 9. Friday, cloudy and a bit warmer, the high 20, the low 11. Saturday, clearing with a high 23, the low 6. Sunday, sunny, the high 24, the low 9. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 8 degrees. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 15. Normal high is 18, the normal low is 4. The sun rose at 6.32 this morning. It sets at 7.16 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is again Maple Creek in the southwest at 19 degrees. The cold spot in the Yorkton district, Winyard at 10 degrees. The roundup sees Estevan and Saskatoon at 14, Swift Current is 12, Weyburn 15, Yorkton 11 degrees. Regina, cloudy and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 21. Humidity is 53%. The barometric pressure dropping 101.5. Light rain in Moose Jaw, 14. Winds are from the east, southeast at 22. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. Loose job. 
You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The 14th case of avian flu in Saskatchewan has been detected in the arm of Laird. The RM is about 350 kilometers northwest of Regina. The case was found in a commercial flock on September 9th. Dr. Stephanie Smith, the chief veterinary officer with the Ministry of Agriculture, says it's been a couple of months since the last case. She spoke with 620 CKRM's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. So after several months here, we've had uh, another detection of high-pass avian influenza uh, in the RM of Laird's. This is in a a commercial flock. Um, So this is our first detection for quite a while here. Our last detection we had was in the spring on May 25th. So we've had a a little bit of downtime over the summer, but unfortunately it seems we're back into the swing of things again for the fall. I'm no bird expert, but I would assume that this has something to do with the fall migration and birds coming back here. Is this something where you're expecting a couple of cases or something a little bit more widespread? Right. No, that would be correct. That's that's our assumption is likely fall with fall migration beginning. We're starting to see that risk of, of virus transmission increase yet again. Uh, so just as it did in the spring with birds moving north, now with them coming back home to the south, we're going to see that risk increase. Um, so far to date, this has been the only detection, but I, I would not be surprised to see additional detections throughout the fall for sure. And what are some tips and recommendations that you have for poultry producers to stop the spread of avian flu or, or to limit the spread? Sure. Yeah, so it's it's always a challenge. You know, for the wild, wild birds are, are bringing in the virus. We have high levels in the environment. So there are a few things that our poultry owners and producers can consider. Uh, some of those things would be keeping birds indoors and, and preventing access to wild birds. I know, I know it can be a challenge, um, but that's certainly one way to try and break that spread of infection. Some other things to think about would be reducing exposure from visitors, so people coming potentially from other poultry flocks into your barn, preventing that access. Um, using clean barn-specific clothes and footwear to try and limit that amount of virus that is being tracked in from from outdoors into your pens, for sure. Yeah, so, so from there, I mean, keeping new birds that you purchase separate when they enter your flock to try and minimize any disease risk of, of new diseases coming in. Um, the other point just to make would be if you are traveling around taking birds to shows and sales, do keep in mind that we do have an increased risk right now. Um, to note, in the spring, we had put in place an animal health control area order to try and limit those sales. At this point, we're not considering doing the same thing. However, we're going to keep close eye on, on the number of cases and the risk, and that is something to be considered in the, in the future, depending on how the fall goes. And I'm looking at the Canadian Food Inspection Agency website, where it states that 78,000 birds have been impacted. Can you kind of explain that number and what that means? Is that a higher or lower number of previous years? Just go into a little bit more detail about that. Sure. So so that number is based upon the number of animals that were actually in the barns that impacted. So that is going to directly depend on what the size of the barn was, whether it was a, a you know a large breeder barn where they may have several barns full of birds on premises, or whether it's a number of small backyard flocks that only have a few birds. So it really just varies on 
what premises is impacted. Um, I mean, from from my perspective, any bird is too much, right? It, it, seeing any any losses here is is upsetting and, and certainly frustrating for the owners and producers. Um, but there, I wouldn't say there's any correlation there per se. It just depends upon the size of the premises that's impacted. If a producer believes that their flock has the avian flu, what are some of the steps that they should take in terms of uh, biosecurity measures? Absolutely. So if we do have people that are concerned they may have avian influenza in their flock, do contact your local CFIA district office. They'll walk through your concerns with you, determine whether testing is necessary, and they'll they'll walk through the steps with you. Of course, you can always contact your local veterinarian as well if you have any questions on that regard. A couple other items I might note as well, just to keep in mind, um, there are primary control zones that are set up by CFIA whenever we have a positive premises. So depending on where you live, if you're nearby where one of these cases has occurred, there may be requirements for you to follow for your flock if you're nearby those areas. So do contact, uh, you know, CFIA with any questions regarding that. One final point I would put out as well, Tanner, you know, it's it's uh, it's been a challenging spring. We've had We've had a lot of birds that have been impacted, a lot of producers and and small animal owners that have been impacted, you know, for those that have our small flocks. Um, So do consider contacting the farm stress line if you have any concerns for your mental well-being. You know, it's it's always a challenge when you have, you know, animals that you may have a very close connection with that have to be euthanized because they're impacted by this virus. So do do take your your mental well-being into account and do consider contacting someone if you need any support. And Smith added that she does expect more cases to come in Cartier. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle were on the upswing this past week. Price-wise, provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats says the rising prices are due to supply and demand. Saskatchewan feeder steer prices were higher across all weight categories last week when compared to the previous week. Prices ranged from 31317 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound category to 22867 for the 900 pound plus weight category. The largest price increase was in the 5 to 600 pound weight category with prices improving 1375 per hundredweight from the previous week to end the week averaging 269 per hundredweight. And for the heifers, the average weekly prices were all up across all the weight categories as well. We had limited weight categories reported, but amongst them we had prices ranging from 231.17 per hundred weight for the six to seven hundred pound weight category to 223.67 for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest increase was in the six to seven hundred pound weight category with prices improving ten dollars per hundred weight, ending the week at 231.17 per hundred weight. And what were the factors pushing up the prices this past week? I think that we're seeing, we're just simply seeing a situation of supply and demand. We're not quite getting into the usual fall run with the previous improved conditions with moisture this year. So the market volumes aren't that large yet and the feeder cattle available are just not keeping up to the demand. What were marketings? 
Canfax reported a total of 3,564 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week, and this was down from 4,765 head the previous week. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So the price for Alberta fed steers averaged 180.22 per hundredweight for the week, and this was 21 cents below the previous week of September 2nd, where the price was 180.43. And for the price of cows, we saw D2 slaughter cows down 6.48 per hundredweight from the previous week to average 106.30, and D3 cows were down 395 per hundredweight to average 93.88 per hundredweight last week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiles the weekly cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. We move water. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the source 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain prices were showing some upward movement in early trading this morning. Viterra prices for canola gained two dollars and sixty cents at seven sixty-seven twenty-five. One red spring wheat went up three dollars ninety-four cents at three ninety-four eighty-six. The rest were unchanged. Durham three hundred ninety-nine dollars fifty-six cents. Feed barley two ninety-two eighty-seven. Chickpeas nine twenty-five ninety-five. Flax six twenty-seven sixty-seven. Lentils seven oh four fifty. Oats 232.32, yellow peas 431.13, and feed wheat 289.56. At Minneapolis, December spring wheat rose seven cents at 9.38 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn. Livestock at 842-4574. And now, the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 13th. Our last regular sale was on August 31st. D1 and D2 cows sold from 88 cents to a dollar. D3 cows sold from 78 cents to 88 cents. Counter cows sold from 60 cents to 70 cents. Heiferet sold from $1.20 to $1.35. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.35. We had a big, for this time of year, pre-sorted yearling sale, and wow, this market is unbelievable. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.55. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.54. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.54. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.60 and sold up to $2.76. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.60 and sold up to $2.76. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $2.41 and sold up to $2.58. And good steers over 900 pounds averaged $2.20 and sold up to $2.45. Heifers were 30 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of 700-pound red steers at $2.76 a pound, a load of 800-pound black steers 
steers at $2.58 a pound, a load of 900-pound exotic steers at $2.36 a pound, and a load of 1,000-pound exotic steers at $2.23 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices, too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,100 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 228 to $243 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 head, selling a range of 228 to $239 per CKG. Ham's number one sales this week are down, selling in the range of 49 to 56 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down 76 basis points, with a daily exchange at 1.3110. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 76 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with the Western Corn Belt improving another $3.13 U.S. 100 weight, while both national formulas moved 95 cents lower relative to the previous day. All ranges are indeed lower than last week's base pricing so far in the price discovery period. Coming up, the resource won't be beat. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Canadian Food Grains Bank has joined an appeal for aid to help people suffering from severe flooding in Pakistan. The Food Grains Bank says Pakistan has had three times more rainfall than an average monsoon season, putting one-third of the country underwater and affecting more than 33 million people. Food insecurity has gone from bad to worse, and millions of people in Pakistan need emergency food now. The executive director of the Food Grains Bank, Andy Harrington, says the flooding is devastating and hopeful there will be support for the victims. The federal government is matching donations up to $3 million up to September 28th. On the markets, the TSX is up 153 points to 19,798. The Dow has risen 101 points to 31,205. Oil has gained $2.73 at $90.04 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 76.10 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon.